Demons Discuss TV Show Review, Season 2, Episode 3. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We are your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I am Valerie, and with me is Angela and Jean. Hello. Hello. Hello, everyone. What are we talking about today, Jean? Episode three of A Discovery of Witches, season two, Shadow of Night. Oh, mm. Mm. oh <laughs> yeah. I mean, in this one, this episode, we get a good mix of modern and 1590, and I'm just sure here do. for it all. It's our first glimpse of modern. Yes. I know. And I have questions about that, but we'll get into all that right. later. All right. Mm-hmm. But right now, we're going to pay our bills. So, this podcast is sponsored by our listeners who sponsor us on Patreon. With their help, we're able to pay for stuff. What stuff, guys? We were just talking about it right now. New microphone stands and stars are kind of giving up the ghost. (laughs) (laughs) No no offense, Jerry. Um, Hardware, software, stock photos, sound effects. Right. Web space. Cloud space for saving all these things for posterity. (laughs) Hosting, renewals, programs to edit the podcast, and uh, equipment, because, yeah. Like Jean said, our shit's kind of getting ragged. Yeah. <laughs> it is. And one thing we don't pay for is editing services. That's all done by Valerie. So we want to make sure she is comfy and able to do the magic she does. With the equipment I need and <laughs> yes. the software I need. Because doing it the old way, oh my God. <laughs> so that's a lot. Now we know it. But with our patrons' help, we're able to swing it and not resort to ads. And that's terrible. Ads no. would be yeah. Nobody needs to hear the ads for toothpaste or mattresses or underwear. Underwears. <laughs> we prefer to have our diversions be in the ditch, not for some mattress ad or <laughs> yes. litter box. Or <laughs> litter box. The advertisers would fire us because, I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's how it goes. So, Angela, why should listeners make the plunge? They should make the plunge because, one, they can get our after show, but they also get different swag and different rewards at various levels. The first level is $2 and starts at the coven level. It goes up to the night level, so on and so forth, all the way up to a fire drake level. So you can decide what level you're comfortable to be at, but then the swag, of course, increases as you go up with the levels. But everybody gets the after show, guys. And Demon Relay. And Demon Relay. Yes. So if you guys are interested, go to patreon.com slash demons discuss. We're done with that. We're not going to sell you anything else. Let's move on to our random patron sponsor. Give me a drum roll. Be careful with your old equipment. I'm moving it far away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I feel like Matthew in episode two. <laughs> our random patron sponsor today is Samantha Reeves. Yay! Thank you, Samantha. And now, with our disclaimer, we will attempt to only focus on the TV show attempt in the first part of this episode. In the second part of this episode, we will go into the spoiler zone. Someone want to tell us what the spoiler zone is? Where we talk about differences and similarities between the books and the show and how things have changed and how those changes might affect things. Basically, our spoiler zone is the courtesy for all you TV viewers who haven't had a chance to read the books because the first time you need to experience reading these books the first time unspoiled. Mm-hmm. Right. One thing the spoiler zone is not, though, is we don't go 
go ahead in episodes. Correct? No, we don't. We might talk about the teasers, but we won't go further than that. And if you don't mind stuff being spoiled and you haven't read the books yet, and maybe this will entice you to read the books, then go ahead by all means. I mean, it's your listening experience, but we don't want to spoil anything for anyone who doesn't want things spoiled. So we covered. There we yes, go. Yes, ma'am. Disclaimer covered. <laughs> so let's start the wagon here, shall we? Hmm. Mm-hmm. We start off. We're in Oxford. Domenico is walking in to a police scene. I mean, yeah. um, he's sashaying in. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so much so that um, I we, I have to bring back the verb to Domenico. He's Domenicoing. <laughs> he's Domenicoing yes. into this police station. He's walking in and his law enforcement contact, that's a, well, I'm assuming that's who this guy is. Yes. Is waiting mm-hmm. for him. And I have questions. Is he, uh, what is he doing? Is, I mean, he seems to be working a lot with law enforcement. If you remember last season, he was in that coroner's office mm-hmm. and I'm imagining he had somebody call somebody in law enforcement to let him be there. I think it's more than he's just nosy as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think about There's this. More, more going on than that. Season one, Domenicoing was in Venice. Now he's Domenicoing in Oxford. 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 <laughs> right. So is this just him pretending to be friends with law enforcement and taking back that information for his own? Well, we see how he uses information. Yeah. We've seen it. He's gathering what's the best. It's not even information. It's more like currency. Currency. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's part of his ploy to survive. Yeah. And I also wonder, what does law enforcement get out of Domenico? Do you know? Right. So yeah, there's got to be an exchange. He's very transactional. Unless it's just vampire wealth. Oh, yeah. Well, he can throw cash at the problem too. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> and then after that, we just go into the intro and here we yeah, go. Yeah, that was a very yeah. short open. Yeah. Police officer we see, I do believe he was the false start Fernando. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, Gene, just explain quickly. Yeah. When uh, <laughs> Internet Movie Database updated with this gentleman's casting, I believe as Wilfred, a lot of folks thought that maybe that was a mistake and that he had in fact been casted as Fernando and that Fernando's appearance was being moved forward. That was one of the speculations in the fandom when this first came about. But as you can see, he's modern day and he's not Fernando. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out he's Domenico's contact in law enforcement. Yay! (laughs) Okay. So now we're back in 1590. Matthew's in his private office and we find him praying. What did you guys think of this? I mean... I loved it. I was so glad that we were getting a little more emphasis on this aspect of Matthew. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Initially, I didn't know why he was praying. Then it just kind of reminded me when Hubbard gave him hell, (laughs) he pretty much chastised him. I was like, oh, right. He killed that dude last episode. (laughs) Yes, he did. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So he has to get absolution from a bunch of places. Yeah. Yeah. The scene with Father Hubbard was just, for me, the introduction of that new dynamic between he and Hubbard was interesting because it, it really helped emphasize the religious aspect of his character. That yes, even exactly. though he can't stand Hubbard, he still sees him as a father confessor. Yeah. Hubbard is a confessor. So here we go. And Matthew's confessing to him. Mm-hmm. So I found that weird. But you know what it reminded me of? And this isn't spoiling, but this is in the book. It takes the place of Cardinal Joyes. Oh, yes. right. Yeah. Yes. Kneeling we, on the hard stones and asking for forgiveness. And, and absolution. You know. And yeah. Right. And it doesn't hurt that the way they lit Matthew good in the scene 
mean that he looks like a fallen angel. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. I mean, at first I, th- I thought the ploy was slick. I'm like, oh, this is slick. He's going to ask for forgiveness because then Hubbard says, Philippe's currency can be very valuable, or Philippe's gratitude can be valuable currency. And then I realized, no, this, this, like you said, this is a real relationship. Yeah. yeah. He, this, he is honoring the priest in Hubbard, and it's like subtle, but very well played. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Tom was an innocent child of God. Master Corbus, that was not my intention. I laid him to rest with my own hands. No human strength could have snapped his neck so cleanly. Cecil had determined his guilt. I wished to spare him from any further pain. I have asked for God's forgiveness. I am here. I am here to ask for yours. Matthew de Clermont has come to beg. has changed you. She has nothing to do with this. I doubt that very much. If you let this matter rest, I will inform my father of your magnanimity. Philippe's gratitude is a rare currency. So basically, Matthew is confessing to the sin of murdering Tom. Or mercy killing. I, I, or whatever. Yeah, I, looked, <laughs> yeah. I looked at it. As, I, I think Matthew was right in, in to say he was trying to be merciful and yes. grant him a, a quick end because... It wasn't going to get better for Tom. No, they were going to no. torture him. And- so he spared him from pain. And Hubbard assessed that Matthew's witched has changed him. And I was like, wow, that was quick. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, oh, wow, Hubbard, you're on it. It's like, yeah, Matthew, your witch has changed you. So, hmm. That's, I mean, it's not different than the books, but Hubbard, you see that he's very astute. Yes. What do we call him in this chapter in the books? Um, broke down Philippe. <laughs> broke down Philippe. <laughs> like, yeah. did, that's right. <laughs> like bargain Aww. basement Philippe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he has that same kind of big picture. Big picture. Yeah. Big picture kind of thing. Although mm-hmm. the, the, with Tim made up more to look like Rasputin, it always does give me a take. <laughs> I, I do take pause, every, you know, every single time because it's like, yeah. I imagine him a lot more neat, but okay, we'll deal yeah. with this. And this is Paul Reese, is Father Hubbard? Yes. yes. He's fantastic. Yeah. And he doesn't look anything like himself. I mean, the, no, way, no. the, the way they've developed it, the look of the character is just... His read must have been really good. They had to probably shut their eyes. It's like, oh, yeah, his read must have been really good. Yeah. <laughs> so Matthew's asked for forgiveness from Father Hubbard and return. He'll tell Philippe, hey, Hubbard's been I'll put good in to a good me. word for you. <laughs> <laughs> right. And exactly like Angela said, his like, oh, well, you know, Philippe has. That's great currency you're giving me there. So, yeah. hmm. And the fact, well, and then you can also see the gears turning. The fact that Matthew's willing to give up such great currency means. Yes. This is Matthew not thinking ahead. <laughs> Here comes the hot mess. And Hubbard's like, forgiven. Oh. <laughs> 
good. I know a deal when I see yeah. it. <laughs> Such a deal. Transaction complete. Uh, <laughs> please take <Yes>. your receipt. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Bye. <laughs> bing, bing, bing. Well, and then in the last episode, Matthew's like, this has nothing to do with Philippe. And then he's like, by the way, my dad's Philippe. <laughs> yeah. In case you forgot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way. So, new scene, guys. Now we're watching Jack sloppily eating eels, I guess. <laughs> And he's like, you don't like eels. Diana's like, oh, I like watching you eat them. I'm like, oh, no, I don't know. No eels for me. I was kind of hoping it was like some Thai food, but I guess not. (laughs) I mean, he's just slurping away. And I'm like, Diana, you like watching that? Okay. No. So Pierre walks in with an invitation from the Countess of Pembroke. Change scenes again. Here we go. And I just, I, this is just such a beautiful set. They did such a great job. Yes. With it. Mary Sydney's lab. Mm-hmm. So now we're with Mary and they're conducting experiments and gossiping about the book. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Conducting experiments is much more thrilling than reading about them. <laughs> Henry tells me you are searching for an alchemical book. Yes, it's proving elusive. Now at the Aquafortis? Perhaps the Queen's astrologer can assist. His library is remarkable. I've borrowed many books. Thought John Dee had gone to the continent. He's returned. He's looking for patronage. Mention my name. But he can be amenable. It seems so. And she's giving her more advice. Yeah. It's like, hey, I hear you're looking for a book. Hey. Yeah. I and happen and to she's know giving somebody. her permission to drop her name. Right. That's yes. huge. That's huge. John D's looking for patronage. You know, hit him up on Patreon. <laughs> let, let him know you know me. Right. <laughs> Next thing we know, this is like really fast, guys. Next yeah. thing we this know. This is like cut, cut, cut. We're uh, visiting Dr. D and uh, Dr. D's greeting them on his lawn. And now, go ahead. I need to say something since I, I am on cloak watch. Okay. This one's a okay. loser. <laughs> it looks too much like burnt velvet sofa. Wait, who is, who is though? Diana's. Diana's kind of got, okay. it kind of has that flacked wallpaper look to it. Oh, okay. Okay. This is the only one I haven't really cared for so far. It's a one star do not recommend. Yeah, it's a one star do not recommend to sofa. <laughs> but it's not the dog sofa. So, I mean, we're good there. So maybe it's a star and a half. Okay. Okay. 1.5. Yeah, we're going to give 1.5. <laughs> right. We wind up in his library and we learn that Edward Kelly was once his old scryer and he's got a new one. What was that thing with the star when Diana was looking around? I, I couldn't figure it out. Oh, it, it was a translation stone. And it was kind of also a Deb egg, if you think about it, because he talked yes. about a conversation with angels, which was the title yes. of her, her nonfiction book about John Dee. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He said it helps translate mm. uh, what they say, or they created it. Right. Like this this John D is more amenable. Yeah, yeah, it's a decoder ring, but we don't get Jane at all, which is probably good because she was definitely not amenable. Ooh, she was a mess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all the babies, man. I'd be a mess too. 
fuck? So we get permission from D to check out his library. I mean, he pretty much opens it up. His current scryers being rather helpful. Did you notice how even the floor creaked just right? Yes. I thought that was so cool. Yeah, Deb had mentioned that in one of her posts, her behind the scenes post, yeah. that they purposely made it creak. She said sometimes to the chagrin of the sound people because it would <laughs> could, could interfere, but it was perfect. It was wow. so perfect. So and they didn't rely so on Foley for that? They didn't? Apparently oh. not. Wow. Okay. Thanks. Thank you, James North. Yes. His current squire is being helpful. It's like, hey, can I help you with something? What are you looking for? He was kind of overly helpful. I got I got kind of a weird vibe from Mr. Yeah, Ainsley. I was like, yeah. what do you want? Who are you? It's are you like, going to come back? Are, are you going to somehow play into things later on down the right. line? I'm not liking you too much. He's <laughs> serving it all up. He's like, oh, yeah, we have a we have a book from Emperor Rudolph. Sure, but, you, you know, here you go. <laughs> Even the way he said, so you can translate the book. Yeah. It's like, no, see like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back with D with this book that the scryer suggested and D informs them that, yeah, no, this isn't the book they seek. And Kelly has been a dastardly little guy and he replaced it with the one they were looking at. And both he, Kelly, and the book remained in Bohemia. So here we go. Apparently, Kelly could read it, and he told Dee that it contained the secret to immortality. Was that the truth? Was he just telling people it, it contained the secret to immortality, or that was that his interpretation, or was he throwing Dee off? Do you think? Well, it kind. Of, well, I don't know. Yeah. This is more of a spoiler zone thing, too. I mean, it could be yeah. taken a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah, let's discuss in the spoiler zone. Okay. So Matthew's like, so we can take this book and swap it with the other one. You know, sound like a deal. Let's do it. And Dee's like, deal. I mean, he was so fast. He was like, yeah, sure. Okay. Why why is there no like, why are you doing this for me? Yeah, (laughs) Matthew is like so helpful. Right. (laughs) Right. It kind of makes me think, hey, in this series, can vampires do glamours? Well, (laughs) I also keep going back to the whole Matthew and his whole, he's volunteering for all sorts of shit. And we all know that he never has a plan. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, and he says, as much because Diana's like, what are we going to do? He's like, your guess is as good as mine. Right, right. <laughs> like, man, he- hello, my hot mess. I have missed you so. Uh, it's like, <laughs> oh. Diana's like, oh, wow, that's so cool. You did that. Everything. So how are we going to get it? And Matthew's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But actually, as Angela said, he said, your guess is as good as mine. You know, fancy way for saying, I don't know. (laughs) But I liked it. I like that he didn't know. I don't want him to have all the answers. It's the Matthew we know and love. Exactly. (laughs) All Mm -hmm. we needed was a hand through through his hair and we would have been all (laughs) (laughs) So we're back home. It's nighttime and Jack is having night terrors. Matthew's so good with him. And it's like, oh, God, made my little dead heart beat. I was like, whoa. (laughs) After he settles Jack, uh, he's up in his office and Diane is asking him to come to bed. And Matthew's flustered because he can't find his contacts in Bohemia. It's like, oh, so Diane is like, whatever. Let's get it ourselves. And Matthew's really concerned with witch trials, etc. And he's like, the book may as well be on Mars. And I was like, yeah. wow. Yeah. <laughs> Give up that quick. Wow. Okay. So much for spontaneity. Right. So then they go back to talking about Jack, if he's okay. So Matthew's going to keep working up there. And he instructs Diana to go to bed and he'll be there when 
she wakes up. Yeah. Mm. New scene. It's time for a new scene again. Here we go. Yeah. Next day, maybe, I guess. Matthew escorts Diana to Goody Alsop's house. And this is when we get the dagger swagger. <laughs> Copyright pending. So Goody's <gasps> gathering is there to help her. They're standing in a circle. Goody casts out her spell and the threads appear. Now they're there to figure out Diana's element. And Goody brings air, Marjorie earth, Lizzie water, Catherine brings in fire, and Susanna's just sitting there. I don't know. Being alone. <laughs> I mean, what Being disapproving Susanna. Being disapproving she, okay. Susanna. Right. In my mind, she had a boombox playing earth, wind, and fire. <laughs> Like yeah. shiny stardust came on. <laughs> yeah, the, the threads were all kind of like walking through a spider web to me. Yes. Yeah. That's another thing. They've really upped their game from season one to season two on the special effects. I thought it was fantastic because, mm-hmm. I mean, as you think, how are they going to show threads? They did it beautifully. Right. Yeah. Diana's trying to catch threads and their difficulties, obviously. Mm-hmm. So Goody stops it. He's like, OK, stop right there. So in the meanwhile, new scene, Matthew is visiting Kit and he's inquiring about the book. Oh, this I just love this. We actually get to see Kit writing Faust. <laughs> he's throwing pieces of paper mm-hmm. at the, on the ground and is like, I'm not happy with this. And to put it in perspective for the readers this morning, I follow a Twitter account, Wordsworthians, and I had sent to Angela an on this day from Byron's diary, which was basically like, all my words are useless and I'm just going to throw them all away. And then here we have Kit. <laughs> Yes. Tossing them out. <laughs> Tossing them out. Just, frustra- just that writer's block. It never changes through the centuries. Yep. And mind you, the, the scene is Matthew coming to Kit for counsel. Uh-huh. It's, not, it's not Kit inserting himself. Yeah. He's asking about this book and Kit's like, dude, you need to concentrate on your fucking job, dude. Yeah. It's like, know? hey, Kit, do you know anybody in Bohemia? Why the fuck are you asking me that? You've got shit to deal with here. <laughs> That was my interpretation of a right. <laughs> It's accurate. Right. I mean, the old fox is getting pretty pissed, you know? Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah. What does Cecil know about Diana? And Kit's all like, dude, does he know that you're married or that she's a witch? I mean, you make your choice. Yeah. And, and right. Kit's all, dude, Cecil knows knows everything that's going on. Don't kid yourself. Yeah. It's like siblings. You know, one sibling it will be like, don't piss off mom or dad because then it's bad for all of us. I know. We yeah. all suffer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly how this is. Kit's just like, oh, dude, you're playing with the wrong guy here. No shit. Yep. Kit goes on to counsel Matthew and say, look, Burley doesn't show his feelings, but he knows for sure you aren't acting like you. That's all that fucking counts here. Yeah. Do your job. Do your job. You're mm. calling attention to yourself. Well, and in Matthew's yeah. mind, he is. Yeah. Or he has. So now we're back at Goodies. And Diana is pounding on some herbs. <laughs> I mean, <Yeah>. she, <laughs> she's frustrated because this magic shit is hard. Yeah. <laughs> and Goody is like, damn, girl. Okay. <laughs> at least, and Goody's a little bit more patient than Sarah ever was. Yeah. yeah. But nonetheless, that's the, uh, that, that's she the was, Elizabethan stress ball. Let's listen to Goody calming her down because she had a lot to say. I think they are sufficiently pulverized. (sighs) Casting your first spell is difficult for any weaver. You must be kinder to yourself, Diana. The others probably don't even believe I am a weaver. They've never met your like before. Nor have I. 
Most witches have one element in their blood, and they only see the threads of those elements, so it's easy for them to choose between them. But you saw them all. Why? I think you know. At the end of that, Diana saw all the elements. I like that Goody asked about Sarah and M. And I like how this transitions right here. Right. And then they pan into the next scene with the <laughs> dark magic addicted Emily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> oh, and, poor Sarah, and poor Sarah's sleeping right through it. It's no wonder that Sarah's so grumpy. All these people are doing all this shit. Nobody, she's kind of like Baldwin. Nobody's like letting her in on what's going on. I think everybody's low-key scared of Sarah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I said, just like Baldwin. Just like Baldwin. Yes. She's like, oh, don't piss them off. You know? Better she doesn't know. She'll just get pissed off. Right. And in the end, she's messing with the Stark magic. She's scrying. She's waving her sage or whatever it's she's got bad. in that bundle. And she sees Rebecca, but Rebecca fades away. Was it Rebecca, though? Because I, I backed it up a couple of times. I didn't. Because she seemed startled by whoever it was and she made it made yes. banish them. That's why I thought it wasn't mm-hmm. Rebecca. Oh. I didn't think it was either. I didn't think it really looked like her. I mean, yeah. it, it didn't. Yeah. I was wondering if it was maybe Meridiana. Maybe. I don't know. I always assumed it was Rebecca because she did say Rebecca, but now, see, now I'm going to have to go back and watch that. She says evil's not welcome here and then she tried to call up Rebecca and then as the spirit materialized, she was like, oh shit, not them. And Right. Yeah, it reminded me of the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark where they look beautiful and yeah. the wraiths are flying around and then they turn scary and I thought at least she had the sense to like wipe it away before that happened. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh. That's why I'm like, God, who is it? Now I gotta go back and rewatch it. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah, like you needed an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I didn't. Okay. New scene. Matthew's bringing Diana to see Burley, and uh, Burley wasn't oh, no, expecting no, no. this. No, no, Burley was sitting in their house. Yes, he was. Oh, was he in their yeah, house? They were on, they were on their way back from Goodies. He picked her up at Goodies, and they were walking back into oh right the okay. town. Okay, Cause, yeah, because yeah, poor Pierre going. Uh, uh, yeah, that was my guess. first reaction. Right. Was, oh shit! Yeah. Oh, I thought they went to go see. Him. Ooh, okay, he just so showed up flips. there. He was sitting at their house waiting, kind of like he owns a place. And, and Diana like <laughs> kind of saunters in. She's like, oh, hey. the High Lord Treasurer. And, and he just, his glare at her was oh, hilarious. Yeah, I mean, it was... And that, that bullshit curtsy. And then she just plops in the chair. I'm like, wow, <laughs> yeah. that is bold as fuck. <laughs> but that's, it's probably accurate. That's someone who, or even a historian that knows history, but it's like, I don't know. She doesn't exude the level of respect she's supposed to. She no, just no. has read about him and feels she knows him. It's like she's, she's still in petulant teenager mode. Listen to me. Mm-hmm. If somebody was in my house, I'm not curtsying your ass. This is my house. <laughs> but it's not even really her house because it's 1590 and she's a woman and nothing's hers. Well, yeah. Well, know. if you got to be technical. Okay. And, Matt, and Matthew <laughs> waited till Burley kind of looked at him before he sat down. Mm-hmm. She was poking the bear. Well, here, Burley's like, hmm, now I get your softness towards witches. I'm like, you creep. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty old man. <laughs> So Diana's trying to mitigate trouble by saying, you know, we witches are cool with the queen. Nothing to see here. You know, we're good. Yeah. And Burley's like, all right, cool. 
you know, the queen expects to see you tomorrow. Okay, bye. <laughs> Later, baby. <laughs> Woo, all right. You guys have been saying it the last two episodes, at least the last episode for sure, where there's a more sinister side of, of Burley. Um, yeah. And I wasn't seeing it really, but now when Matthew says Burley cannot change the, the queen's opinion... Oh, yeah. Overnight. 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 Yeah, oh, that yeah. was the anvil right. on that that confirmed all of what I was feeling, which yes. is sometimes me being paranoid. But there you go. Yeah. Cecil's not the, the Cecil we were expecting. Yeah, we were expecting there were more peers trying to help each other out mm-hmm. and just keep the queen. Just keep her happy. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, this is teamwork. We're trying to keep it down to a low roar. But this is more like competing courtiers. Like, um, yes, it strikes me more Robin's son. Devereaux. Devereaux. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Devereaux. Oh, yes. I mean, it, Cecil in some ways strikes me more like Devereaux with his shit stirring. Mm-hmm. It's getting deep here now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, so Matthew goes to see Kit and he's convinced Kit told Cecil. Oh, he is pissed too. And he goes full vampire again. I love yeah. it when he goes full vampire. And I, love I, how, I love how the ceilings are so low too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I thought that was a beautiful touch. And that was a great shot when he's like hanging out of the rafter going half blood rage on him. What do you guys think of the scene? I mean, he pretty much excommunicated Kit from both him and Diana's lives. I mean, that's it. Done. We don't want you to don't come see us. Don't talk to us. We're good. Bye. And I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, all those years of friendship just gone over a woman. I mean, if I, I were do- Kit, I'd be like, damn. <laughs> I feel like there's some relationship history there. You know, yeah. like he's quick to accuse Kit, but there must have been some behavior in the past. Yeah, but, but Kit was like very much. I didn't tell him. I've warned yes. you about this. I keep telling you Cecil knows what's going on and he doesn't need me to tell him. Yeah, yeah. this is what I've been saying. <laughs> and Matthew doesn't care. He's messing with his fucking in and out. Let's get the book. Let's get the witch teacher and go plan. I mean, that's, yeah. that's Matthew's singularly focused, but he's got all this other shit interfering. And along with Matthew's plan, he chose the time and he chose the place. This is not a good time and place for no. what's happening here. So, mm. no. Okay, so take a, a kit reading, a kit, a, a temperature reading on kit. So far, he's not done anything that's been outrageous. Yeah, kit's no. been kind that would of cause you to hate him. Voice of yeah. reason to me. Yes. When Matthew says some really stupid stuff, he keeps saying, "Dude, um, you don't know what was going on at this point in time. You come back too soon. You've pissed off Burley. You refuse to keep your head in the game. This is it's dangerous times right now, and you're just not heeding me. Right, right. And it's not just like, oh my God, you're not paying attention to me." because you, you've got a girlfriend. It's just like, right. dude, you're going to get yourself killed, vampire or not. Yeah. I almost feel like, you know, in the books, we get Diana's POV. So we're kind of clouded by what she sees and what she thinks. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel like in this scene, we're clouded by what Matthew's saying. Yeah. And it's like your head's not in the game. You might as well fucking warm up the bench. You, you're not you're not into it. So yeah. why are you even dabbling? What what are you doing here? And Matthew just like rips him a new asshole. Yeah. I mean, it was he was over the top and he, yeah, was, he, he was. was everything that kid accused him of being is like, you're not paying attention. You're all wrapped up in the woman and you're going to get get your both of you killed. And he was not listening to reason at all, which, right. you know, there we go. Here's my hot mess. Yeah. So stop talking to me or Diana. Get out. Bye. Yeah. (laughs) So the next thing we know, Kit's storming into Burley's office and he wants to know who told him. And Burley's like, it should have been you, dude. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) 
but it wasn't. That's yeah. what I pay you for. You know, yeah. it kind of hit me how cold. I mean, this it's just businessman. Right, <laughs> I right. pay you for this. You know, yeah. You're not and then doing Kim was like, "I'm not going to betray. I wouldn't betray my friend." I mean, this is like sit up and take notice, people. Yeah, and Burley's very adamant. He's like, "Oh, you would if it would have suited you." So it makes me think that I don't know. I don't think. I don't have the impression that Kit would do that necessarily. Not to Burley. No. Well, and the thing is, too, is the way he, the way everybody keeps expecting the worst of him, which, which is so damaging to somebody. It's like at some point in time, you end up living down to your reputation as opposed to living up to people's expectations. Right. Yeah. But the Kit that we see in this moment is like, no, I do, I do have principles. I don't sell out my best friend. Regardless of what's going on, I want what's best for him. Right. And Burley, he's like, yeah, sure. All right. Whatever. <laughs> Be gone with you. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. you know, Kit, Kit walks off and it just reminded me, I don't know how many of you guys have seen Friday. It's one of my favorite movies. Like when the dude walks off and Smokey's like, he's going to cry in the car. <laughs> I was like, oh, Kit's going to cry in the car. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, it was sad. I don't think I was, I was watching his face, but I was looking at his lips. I'm like, it's it's going to start oh, to quiver. <laughs> He's going to cry in the car. I mean, <laughs> on the way home, it's not going to be good. Yeah. Okay. Now we're on the streets of London and here comes Lady Pembroke to save Diana's day. Yes. Yay! With all of her trunks. Oh, I just love Mary. I love the scene. I'm so glad we got the scene with Mary. Yeah. She's got a whole entourage with her and, and everybody's clearing the way going, hmm, what's going on here? <laughs> right. I hear you are expected at court. I am here to make sure your armor is worthy of the battle to come. My wardrobe offers ample protection. This dress is a year old. Her Majesty will approve of your frugality and disregard for the whims of fashion. That much is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nosy neighbors had something to talk about that day. God, I'm telling I you. Know. <laughs> Francoise is dressing her and Mary tells her and us that the queen will appreciate the fact that the dress is a year old. I was like, hmm, okay. And she appreciates frugality. And not showing her up. <laughs> yeah. Everybody in this room's got to look, you know. <laughs> yeah, there's always a strategy. Yeah. I like that we kind of got part of the book quote about the armor being worthy of the battle to come. Yes. 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 Good. So now we're waiting and we're with Matthew and they're there to see the queen. Diana's wondering what to say to the queen. And Matthew's like, don't say nothing. Shut up. <laughs> of course she doesn't listen. <laughs> yeah, no. Jesus. <laughs> Let her ask the questions. Keep the answers short. Totally trying to manage the situation. It's like, this is a deposition. Only answer what you're asked and doing it as few words as possible. That's right. right. Don't give people a rope to hang you with. It's something my dad's always taught me. It's like, yeah, yeah no, don't do that. Don't offer information ever. <laughs> and then he goes on. He's like, she's just a person. Give her what she wants and you'll have nothing to fear. Uh, so we're off to see her. What do you guys think? 
the entrance is like the walk of shame. Oh, I know. <laughs> Slowly approaching. Right. Well, what's oh, interesting shit. is that it was like in the inner reception room. She did not publicly humiliate him in front of the whole court. I, right. I mean, to your point, Angela, they might as well have been playing the funeral march right there. Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. And then they get on their knees. I mean, just, it's like, are you praying? What? No. It was not a happy occasion. It didn't feel happy to me. And I'm no, like, oh, and she God. was she was on a roll. Yeah, the first thing she happy. and the first dig she she throws out there, marriage does not suit you, Shadow. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she dismisses everyone, and this is where she does the real talk. So let's listen into that. Who are you, Mistress Royden? To make a traitor out of my shadow. Matthew is no traitor, Your Majesty. He's as loyal to you as he ever was. Cannot be loyal to both of us. Men have enough trouble obeying one woman, let alone two. I pledge myself, your humble servant, and compel my husband to adhere only to your will. She's clever. Too clever. Like all her kind. Her kind? I've always served you well. They turned against me. There is no evidence for that. Well, perhaps there would have been had you not dispatched him. What does your witch want with my astrologer? We are interested in a book in the possession of John Dee's associate, Edward Kelly. And does this book concern the Philosopher's Stone? No. It is of interest only to us creatures. Yet Kelly has learned to create the stone, where thousands before him have failed. That is what he may wish you to believe. The Emperor Rudolph believes it too, and I will not let the key to eternal life and limitless riches fall into Habsburg hands. You wish to live forever. If I must... Every day I pray for God's help. Saving England from disaster. Edward Kelly is not God's answer. I promise you that. I will be the judge of God's intentions. I am but your servant and his. I would be glad to prove my loyalty by assisting you in your search for the Philosopher's Stone. I've sent ambassadors to Bohemia to retrieve Kelly. The Emperor rebuffed them. Perhaps he will be more receptive to me. But did you not, when she dismissed everyone, Burley was like, <gasps> Me like too? Clutching the pearls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Not me too. I'm... Oh. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> and he, he, dragged a, he was dragging ass leaving too. I was like, hmm, what mm. am I going to hear? Matthew talked his way out of that one. <laughs> but, but then Diana's got to like follow up and right. He still has no idea how to do the shit, and Diana wants to know when they'll leave. And Matthew's like, "Dude, it's a long journey. You just started training." And Diana says, "Yeah, no, I am not staying here. You need me. I'm connected to the book." And Matthew's stuck with this knowledge, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Fuck." 
But then he tells her that she should be focusing on her magic so they can get home. And in this moment, he really looked like he wanted to go home. (laughs) We gotta go. We gotta go. I want to go. And I never got that impression in the book that he was ready to go. I mean, no, not really. Not this quickly. So we're back with Goody. Yeah, and a cloak alert. This purple one is beautiful coming in in this scene. So I should have a sound effect for your cloak alerts. <laughs> yeah. Cloak warning. We should have a cloak gallery so people can refer to it. Yes, yes. And I, 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 we can make it and I'll, I'll rate them all. Oh, okay. I like that. <laughs> it's kind of like our chair catalog. <laughs> Diana today is getting one thread at a time, which should be more manageable. Mm-hmm. She's having a better time of it and we're getting the knot spell, the knot of one. Mm-hmm. And with the knot of one, the spell's begun. Diana's doing it. She's doing it. Right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Susanna's just standing by like, mm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Susanna, why are you there? <laughs> See, Susanna, Susanna's been sitting in the Elizabethan recliner. <laughs> Shit, she's so, cr- she's so grumpy. <laughs> Sam, I don't even have a job to do here. I'm just sitting. I have to watch. (laughs) Well, and I feel like she's only been let through the velvet rope because of Sophie. (laughs) Uh, The knot of three. Oh, my God, you guys. The spell is free. The spell is free. The Rowan tree. (sighs) What? It was gorgeous. It shocked me. I had to roll it, it back. It shocked like, me. I, I gasped. Yes. I was not expecting it. Yeah. Then as the shot pans out and it's like, it's her magic again. It's the witch water. It's yes. Like her magic. Her magic is like, that's how we see her when her magic is free. And her attitude changes. She wants to learn it all. I need yeah. it all. <laughs> Goody's like, okay, be patient. We'll get there. You just got to be patient. Well, I think Goody was lecturing us too. <laughs> yeah. Like, patience. As a, view, as a viewer, patience Viewers, you're you're gonna get the other thing that you want to see so badly as far as the rest of this four spell, but you're gonna have to wait. You're gonna have to wait. Wait there. Mm-hmm. Just calm down. Yeah. It's coming. All right. So Susanna, after this is all done, Susanna's waiting for her outside, giving advice. Diana, you are a powerful witch. Of that there is no doubt. Then why can't I control it? Magic feeds from all aspects of your life. Everything is intertwined. Essentially what she says is get your life right and your magic will yeah. straighten out. Right. Right now your life is a mess. Mm-hmm. So your magic's kind of messy. Okay, Susanna, I'll take that. It's fine. <laughs> it's fair. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Matthew and Diana are talking. They're back at home, right? Matthew senses something. He shushes Diana, investigates. And ta-da! It's Gal Glass. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> That's actually the photo that Discovery Witches TV posted today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. their teaser. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. it's Gal Glass! Woo! <laughs> I guess you've time-stamped us. Somebody can yeah. go back and Twitter and look. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Have mm-hmm. fun looking, guys. Have fun scrolling through Twitter. Have fun scrolling through Twitter. <laughs> You'll find it sooner or later. Yeah. The introductions are made. Gal Glass is Matthew's nephew and Diana's a witch. I mean, that's basically, yeah. Gal's is like, oh, you're a witch. <laughs> and, okay. and she says, oh, by the way, here you go. Yeah. Here's the thing I have to do. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. I, I got this from the courier. Grant. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. He calls him Philippe. He doesn't call him granddad. He's like, yeah, you need to go. Yeah. And, but back to the witch thing. I mean, it feels like Matthew's got some explaining to do. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, 
It's like, okay. Yeah. And Philippe's like, yeah, bring her too. And it's like, oh, shit, dad knows about this. Yeah. <laughs> so the letter from Philippe, and needless to say, Matthew seems a bit upset. Oh, he's cranky as hell. Right. And, and his hostility to Philippe is kind of shocking to me. Yes, it is. Oh, and now he's got to go to France and take Diana with him. Philippe knows. He knows. Of course he knows. Philippe knows. He's no bargain basement, Philippe. He is Philippe. He is the right. uh, name brand Philippe. He's not swap yes. meat Philippe. <laughs> There's no store brand Philippe here. Right. <laughs> so later alone, uh, Matthew and Diana, we learn that putting the coin in the wax is Philippe's thing. Mm-hmm. We learned that the last time Matthew saw him, he was broken down from torture by the Nazis. It's like, whoa. And now she's explaining her. Okay, so another scene. Next scene, guys. Oh, I was um, going to say, and this one's another like award reel scenes because oh yeah, he, his voice yes. here is just like so heartbreaking. The way he uses it to convey the story, you mm. can close your eyes and you can still see his face and all the emotions crossing it. It's it's just so subtle and perfect. Feels like Matthew Good in season one gave us a quarter of what he can do. And yeah. here mm-hmm. I feel like we're getting full blasts of it. It's like, oh, so much. He's got meat to dig into. Yeah. It is. Yeah, that's exactly it. So next scene, we're back with Goody. And now she's explaining herself to Goody, who's none too pleased. You should be completing your training, not embarking on a long voyage. Goody, my magic is connected to my intuition and emotions. And they are connected to Matthew. Every fiber in my being is telling me that I have to go. Very well. Then go you must. But these notes will not learn themselves. I will continue to study, I promise. And then I'll be back. Know you are setting a new course, Diana. And I cannot foresee where it might lead. Goody warns her about setting a new course. And Mm -hmm. um, listen, and these spells aren't going to learn themselves. So you better keep your study up. And Dana's like every kid. Oh, sure. I'll keep studying. It's fine. (laughs) I'll do all my homework on the bus on the way. (laughs) We're fine. It's good. Now we're with Jack. And Jack is getting the we're leaving explanation from Mm -hmm. Matthew. Diana presents him with the portraits to remember them by. She had these commissioned, apparently, mm-hmm. and now he's presenting Jack. It's like, look, you have to keep Francois safe, and you have these. You know, to remember us by, these miniatures. Yeah. Yay! Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, so, keep them safe until we get back. That's pretty much the speech, and Jack wants to go. It's sad. That boy is so cute. <laughs> he is He's outstanding, too. I know. I know. He's adorable. <sighs> so now Gal Glass is informing him that the boats are ready. And he gives Diana a warning. Be Matthew's anchor or he mm-hmm. may lose himself. And Gal Glass, you have never said anything smarter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so off they go. And we get the info dump about Hugh. Oh, yeah. And yeah. dying at the hands of the French king and why he won't go with them past yes. Mount Saint-Michel. It's like, I'll leave you here. But yeah, I'm done after this because I'm salty still. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have problems. We're rowing down the Thames. I yeah, think. off they go. Off and then they go. we're in Venice. It's the magic river that changes. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> so we're in Venice present day. Domenico is visiting Gerbert talking about salty. Holy shit. Oh, man, we got our first F-bomb. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Three Gerber. episodes in and we finally get an F-bomb. <laughs> Gerbert, he's got a potty mouth. Mm-hmm. He's not Man happy. after our heart. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, he still stings over Domenico's betrayal last season. You know, yeah. the vote to wag off Baldwin's head. Yeah, that. Oh, Gerber, like we said, still salty. Don't want to talk to you unless you got Baldwin's head on a platter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Domenico's got great news. <laughs> There's a body. Hang on. And remember the rumors, Gerber, about the infected blood? Hmm. What about it? Gerber's like, okay, pal, how much? Yeah. How much is this going to cost me? And Domenico wants Venice. Mm. Back. He wants Venice back. Back. Because it's been overrun by tourists and they just don't know how to run the place. Yes. And I want it back. When I ran it, it was the premier city in the known world. And he wants to save Venice. Because it's a mess. Mm-hmm. And for that, Domenico will give Gerber the keys to destroy the de Clermont. Yikes. <laughs> da, da, da. Ooh, so he's got it coming from all ends, the de Clermonts. They got it from the past. They have it from the future. Everything's going against these people. And here comes the blood rage. We, when you're at the top, people want to take swings. There's only one place for you to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we're giving a peek into episode four. Ah! That's me. Yes. <laughs> ah. And our closing music this time is Silent All These Years from Cat Leon. Oh, which is a good like one. Perfect for this episode. Yeah. Just perfect. It's a good one. Okay. So does anybody have anything they want to add on to this review before we go into the spoiler zone? It was pretty. Angela, you. I'm, I'm just blown away by the performances. Like I said, the way they give knowing looks to each other. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Matthew Good, especially in the opening scene with Father Hubbard, was amazing. Yeah. And it just sets the tone for the rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. And Tom Hughes is just, he conveys so much without saying anything about Kit's state of mind, which is far more stable than we were led to believe from Diana. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I definitely want to give a nod to the special effects. I mean, from the yes. threads to the Rowan tree. The Rowan wow. tree was just beautiful. I was blown away when she just lifted her hands and here it comes. And it's like, oh, oh, my God. So, yeah, that was good. Good episode. And now all you people that don't want to be spoiled, it's time to say goodbye to goodbye. you. Bye. Demon kiss. And for the rest of you, stick with us. And after this break, we'll talk about things that need to be spoiled. Yes. Spoiler zone. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. You can contact us. Send us your thoughts. Email us at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail at 360-519-7836. By the way, your carrier rates apply here. Or leave one for free on SpeakPipe. SpeakPipe.com slant demonsdiscuss. Now, if you can't remember any of that, go to go.demonsdiscuss.com slant contact. And all that information will be there. You can also become a discusser there. Fill out the form and bam, you're a discuss. And the link to join our Facebook group is there, too. Visit our main site, demonsdomain.com. And if you really feel like deep diving, go to visit.demonsdomain.com slant master post. And you can read interviews, geek out with weekly geeks about all Souls Universe. Read about the characters. Keep that geek flag flying, guys. 
you like what we do, help us fund what we do. Go to patreon.com slant demons discuss. Make sure you follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at demons discuss. If you're liking what you're hearing and you want to tell the world about it, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We love them. We read them. It's wonderful. Also, it keeps Angela alive and we need her around, okay? Keep Angela alive. Let's just pick up right where we just left yeah. off. Okay. Um, talking about the special effects and the Rowan tree. That's very different from the books. I mean, mm-hmm. we got magic and goodies fetch and uh, some other things happening with the read. But that I was just blown away yeah. when she all of a sudden her hands, you know, her arms flew up and the tree she came. became I'm a like, tree. Oh, my gosh. Right. That's spectacular. In the book, the Rowan tree was kind of an afterthought that came along with Cora. I like that. It's like patience when yeah. Diana was like, one it all and I'm like we want it all Goody's like no Goody's talking to us Goody's not just talking to Diana she's like settle down people you're gonna get Cora later right settle down special effects cost money you'll get her later (laughs) (laughs) she's coming but later okay later Uh, it's like weren't you wowed by the tree that was good enough don't you think (laughs) yes 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 that, 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 that will tide me over and the one thing I, I really do need to talk about because it just makes me crazy are those damn miniatures. Oh, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. We, we talked about this off mic. They didn't even attempt to make them look Elizabethan. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they don't look Hilliard like at all. And uh, no. I, I just kind of, I kind of have the problem giving the miniatures to the urchin. <laughs> <laughs> from, from a plotting standpoint, it's like, what? Yeah, talk about that. So just briefly outline the change from the books to the I TV mean, show, since we're in the spoiler zone. Yeah, the, what they, the change also ignores what those miniatures were and what they meant and why they were so significant. And in the book, the miniatures were modeled on real Hilliard pieces. And part of it was the portraits were very intimate and they were not meant to be worn out so other people could see them. It was something that lovers exchanged with one another type yes. thing. And they were a gift from Mary and Henry and they were a surprise. And here it's just like in the show, Diana just whips out this box and says, here, we had these made for you, Jack. Right. It's, it's like, just kind of bizarre. And also, oh, you had these made? Because Diana yeah. intimates that she's the one who decided to have them made. I'm like, well, when did you do that? Yeah. It's like, like I said, she <laughs> yeah. just like pulls them out, you know, whips them out and here you go, kid. Right. So you I can mean, remember us. I mean, I understand that we don't have to see every scene every mm-hmm. time, but it's like, Oh, it's really awkward. It's what did you post for that? I know they took time for them to make, and seriously, (laughs) okay. And and like I said, that's not something you give a child. No, it's it's just kind of awkward and clunky and bizarre. And I haven't guessed what they're setting up, but that's a whole different kind of awkward, clunky, and bizarre too. Right? It's like, yeah, it's like we have to introduce these miniatures. Let's give them to this kid. Right? Okay. 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 Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And the other big change is like like we've kind of touched on already is that the change of point of view is we're seeing Kit unclouded and he's not and reasonable. Yeah, yeah. he's not well, I mean an unclouded vision of him, not with right. Diana's yes. We're out of Diana's bias. Head. Yeah. Right, right. And and Matthew, Matthew looks even more unhinged and unreasonable. <laughs> with that. And the fact that Kit and Diana don't have scenes together because that would that would probably give you bias yeah. you know, if, you, if they were together because they both would be 
at each other. Right. But the fact that you don't. And when they were together in, in episode one, they weren't at each other. And he was giving her, as we look back at episode one from episode three, he was giving her some really sound advice. True. And she's the one that seems a little defensive. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's like, yeah, this Matthew, the things he needs to do to, to keep people from realizing something's going on, you're not going to like it. An alternative vision would be like if Kit and Diana sat down and said, our dude is a hot mess, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Right. (laughs) We got to figure this out. You know, I mean, that's how I would like if you're going to do an alternative ending. Okay. Well, they're they're flirting with that, though. Yeah, they they really are. This isn't like the kid that's running down to Reverend Ifley and trying to get her into trouble and gossiping in the town square. He's just the opposite. Right. Yeah. He's trying to save Matthew in a way. And he's also realized that throwing Diana under the bus isn't necessarily going to achieve that. Right. And that scene with Burley was so helpful because... Because uh, Matthew accuses Kit of telling on him to Burley yeah. and the Queen. And from the viewer's standpoint, you're like, I don't know how he knows, but it must be true. And then, boom, the next yeah. scene, you see that that wasn't true. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't true at all. And that Kit's, he's getting thrown under the bus. every And Burley's like, it's not my job to straighten it out. He's setting up Matthew so that Matthew's losing all of his allies. Yes, because true. up until this moment, Kit is probably one of the best allies he has. And Burley realizes that because Kit's been such a good spy for Burley, he's going to be just as good a spy for Matthew. Yeah. yeah. You think, I mean, now that you, we bring it up about Burley, what do manipulators do? They try to isolate people. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what he's doing right here. He's like a bad dude. In a good way. In an entertaining <laughs> way. In an entertaining yes. way. You guys yes. brought up something you wanted to bring up in the spoiler zone. I'm not sure I didn't write it down. It was it D? Something about D? I'm trying to think now. Oh, we were talking about John D's wife and, and all of the misery that we got to see in the book of their of their, their miserable existence their miserable marriage yeah <laughs> and the wife swapping we haven't even touched on yeah apparently d was a swinger yeah well so was Kelly. it was d and so, kelly and kelly yeah they like to swing i'm not sure the wives were comfortable with all of that but yeah. you know they played along well they were both named jane and they were both cranky <laughs> <laughs> One was a little bit drunk on the line. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. It was something with Kelly, though. I think you had asked what we thought about if you really knew about the book. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. When he said it's about creatures creation, I don't think he was lying when he said that. Right. I just think like, OK, with Kelly and immortality, that was a immortality. Yeah. So Kelly was was he telling D that so he can gain favor or gain favor with the monarchs because here's the thing though think about it all we know from all of our readings of all the books all these times and everything Deb's ever said it mm-hmm. the book that is a book about immortality because the, the immortality is that the creatures they will survive and evolve and not die out so it is right. about immortality so he's not lying about that because I was always under the impression that he was putting the queen on well uh, she heard immortality like all of us he's like we hear immortality that means I'm going to live forever as a right right right, right. Immortal- he's working on this elixir yeah. and the queen was convinced that he could make the philosopher's stone the philosopher's stone and uh, I'm thinking maybe it was a line he was throwing the monarchy I mean both uh, Rudolph and the queen and uh, in the books Matthew's mm-hmm. like yeah, that's what he's telling people. But, you know, it's not what's really going on. Yeah, I think he's pretty, I mean, I don't know. There's shades of, you know, raving lunatic, but I think he just blurts out like a conduit of what he's seeing and feeling. Right. Mm-hmm. Like a stream of consciousness. Yes. yes. Yeah. 
Yes, yes, yes. I really appreciated Goody breaking it down for us, right? Mm -hmm. Because I've always had the impression that we didn't really get a sense of her lessons because she comes back to the Book of Life and Diana's powerful. I mean, she she learned all of her lessons. She she knows how to do all of these things now, but we weren't taken through her actual lessons. We just saw, you know, she had her Mm -hmm. first spell that she did and when Cora appeared. After that, it was just kind of like, yeah, I'm going to goodies now. I'm going to learn some shit. And right, right. we do as much as yeah, Matthew did. Right. And then we skip to the next chapter. Yeah, I appreciated that they broke down each lesson. It's like, okay, we're going to throw out all these threads and yeah. you you pick out the ones you can see. Well, Diana saw all of them. <laughs> I mean, she's like, I don't even know what to do. And it's, right. it's throwing me off. Mm-hmm. And am I doing something wrong? And Goody breaks it down. It's like, yeah, there's Let's something up with you. Here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And she revises her lesson plan and crafts it for Diana. It's like, mm-hmm. we're going to do one thread at a time. And I like that she sat down and said, tell me about your aunt, Sarah, you know, and yeah. we're going to talk through this. And Goody was, I loved her. I love her. I mean, a patient, kind teacher. Yes. That approach, I can picture Deb having heavy influence on the, obviously she's the author, so she does have a heavy influence on the creation of her character. But I think Deb draws from her own well of teaching and how do I get the best out of a student? Right. Mm-hmm. For me, it was good. It was really good. And yes. I like that. And Burley as this asshole boss. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like it. It's less ambiguous than it was in the book. Yes. I mean, it's yes. like we, we know. I like that there's an anvil here. Oh, yeah. Burley, you're the asshole. I got it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, in, in the f- first two episodes, like I said, I didn't see it the way you guys did because I figured Elizabethan times, it's ruthless. You have to protect yourself. Things stay alive, all that kind of stuff. But now the anvil did drop. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. And it dropped in two ways. It also dropped it dropped uh, with Kit, too. In a far different way, it's kind of like, whoa, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. He's not the bitter, bitchy queen we all thought he was. Because, I mean, in episode one, he admits he's like, yeah, I know I know it's a dead end. He's never going to love me that way. He's admitted that to Diana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's like, no, he's not the one who betrayed him, betrayed Matthew and Diana to Burley. Yeah. So it's kind of like now all of a sudden you're like, whoa, wait a minute. What's going on here? Yeah. It's it's like, hey, I can kill two birds with one stone if they kill each other. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Kids collateral damage. Who cares? Right. I like that Burley said, hey, you should have told me. Mm -hmm. So we know definitively it wasn't Kit. Yes. It wasn't Kit. Mm -hmm. And we know how far Burley's reach is. And we know how scary he is. And Mm -hmm. we know anybody would run and tell him. But Kit didn't. But Kit didn't. Which should have. Which which says a lot. Yeah. If I were to take this as true to what was going on outside of Diana's vision, then I'd be like, oh, that's what's really happening. I got it. Yeah. I got it. The other thing I loved here is we're getting these like little info dumps mm-hmm. on backstory. We got a little bit of Hugh and Galloglass and yes. just like a little bolus. And then what I really loved was we really got a nice bit, chunk of information about Domenico that we know from the books. But f- for a viewer, it's like, oh, uh, yeah. Oh, that's what's going on with this guy. Mm. It's kind of like a, it's a light bulb moment if your universe is limited to the TV show. It's kind of like, oh, he's not just some sniveling little lackey running around. Wait a minute. He was in charge of this damn place. Yeah. Oof. I mean, that's like an that, that last parting shot was a huge eye opener. Yeah. We get a modern episode. Yay. Uh. <laughs> 
even even the way it opened with Domenico in, in modern, I just found I had a smile on my I face. Know. Like, here they are. We're back again. Yay. Yeah. It's my favorite little bad guy. <laughs> And I like that Domenico is still true to character from last season, still willing and dealing and say, look here, Gerber, yeah. I got something you need. And with a yeah, sashay and a wink. Like, <laughs> you want it? Pay up. What's up, yo? What's up, yo? <laughs> Straight up hustler. Go, Domenico. And I I love that oh, and we're it getting that. Gerber so much that he's, he's being outplayed. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he was like, fuck off. <laughs> that made my heart sing when he said that. <laughs> well, the way he portrays Gilbert, it's like, oh my God. I am so pissed that I have to deal with you, but I okay. Love Bad Daddy. What, what is your price, fucker? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, I just love Bad Daddy so much. <laughs> uh, I mean, both of them. Oh, amazing. Amazing. And I cannot wait. To get to episode four. Oh, four. Is, oh, my There's God. so much going on in four, people. Ah! It just gets better. I mean, the, this is like the best episode, and then the next one is better than the last episode. I, I mean, it's just well, and, it's and amazing. I will. Can I give this one little hint to everybody listening today about episode four? Yeah. It, if you were in Cardiff, this is the episode that they were working on when we were there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was literally being created as we were there. And I will give out this other little tidbit for those of you who are like, Phoebe, why Phoebe? What's going You'll learn. You'll see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You'll see. I mean, even me and I'm pro Phoebe. I, I was like, oh, I get it now. I understand. Mm-hmm. So hang on to your seats, people. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be de- it's going to be a delectable ride. Right. And that's as much spoiling as I'm willing to do into the next episode. Mm-hmm. I don't think we spoiled anything bad, no. did we? No. no. OK. Just that it's modern. Yes. And it's Phoebe and other yes. stuff. And Marcus. Yeah. Don't, don't forget don't Marcus. Be mm. um, lured in by Mr. I wrote a review for Radio Time saying that episode four is solely about Marcus and Phoebe because it's not. No, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Ooh. Lots and lots going on. So good. All right. Anything else, anybody? No, I think we got it. All right. So let's close out this episode. Let's say goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Demon kiss. And we'll talk to you all next week. Demons Discuss and Demons Domain are independent and not affiliated with Bad Wolf, Sky One, Sundance Now, and Shudder. Clips of the TV show and soundtrack are used for the purpose of commentary only. The soundtrack is an original score by Rob Lane and the Chamber Orchestra of London. The soundtrack is available for purchase on iTunes.